One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. This is episode 10, and today I have a guest who's going to give you a lot to think about. My interview today is with Nisha Frazier, founder of Courage Hackers and host of the Courage Hackers podcast. Nisha focuses on helping women over 30 stop settling, stop overthinking, and start taking action toward big goals. As you'll hear, Nisha is a powerhouse. She's a married mom of three who is currently launching a business while on maternity leave from her full-time gig. She's a U.S. Air Force veteran and a former college athlete. If you have big dreams, but you feel like something's standing in your way of pursuing them, don't miss this episode. We covered so much in our conversation, and Nisha shared some amazing advice with us. We discussed the only path to confidence. Discipline? Is it something you have or don't, or can we learn to be disciplined? why you should focus most on self-mastery and skill acquisition, the power of accountability, why we should expect to fail and that that's not a bad thing, and much more. Our chat was full of strategies and advice you can put into place right now to start moving in the direction of your big goals. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I would love if we could just start by, can you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about what you do now and maybe a little of your story and how you got there? Yeah, sure thing. So I, current day, I am a mom of three. I'm actually launching a brand new business while still on maternity leave right now. And that business is around accountability and self-discipline and really just helping women over 30 to attack their goals with very intentional uh, goal setting and mindset hacks and coaching and high accountability Um, So that's where I am right now. And I still work my full time job. I'm a strategic human resources business partner by day. And I'm doing this, like I said, during my maternity leave. But where I was before was someone who was um, just really trying to figure things out of where where to serve and where to use my strengths. And my trajectory took me from running track in college to going into the Air Force for eight years and then starting a career in sales and pivoting from that and going into human resources where I've been the last couple of years and then starting a brick and mortar business, a co-working space, and then um, deciding to focus on my career a little bit and ultimately realizing that I couldn't just accept good enough again. And I'm launching this as a result of that. Awesome. Wow. You've done a lot of things. So just in terms of, I think your introduction probably gave people a hint to this, but the kind of broad topic of our conversation today is discipline and, um, 
you know, going from overthinking to taking action, which mm-hmm. is kind of your, your specialty. Let's start with discipline. I feel like there's this idea that discipline is either something you have or something mm-hmm. you don't have. Mm-hmm. What is your take on this? Like, can you become more disciplined? If so, how do we do that? 100% you can. I share with people all the time um, exactly what I just shared a moment ago about being a mom of three and having a career and having businesses and launching businesses while I'm working and mm-hmm. being in the military. All the things that people assume that you're really disciplined or regimented, it, the furthest from the case, from the truth. I had to <laughs> learn how to become that really. Um, so years ago, I was watching um, an interview with Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj was talking about Lil Wayne, her mentor. And she said that she was watching him and she was just watching his work ethic. And she realized the reason she wasn't necessarily where she wanted to be was because she lacked the work ethic. She lacked his discipline and she just had this prayer like, God, give me work ethic. Let me work like Mm -hmm. he works. And that stuck with me. And it was a part of that. And then realizing that I was just living beneath my potential. And I had to think about the, the, the opportunities I had from a habit standpoint that I needed Mm -hmm. to really incorporate in order to get me to where I wanted to be in my life because I was so dissatisfied with the things going on despite building a resume that a lot of people would be proud of and having a salary that people would be proud of. I was just miserable and I had to do Mm -hmm. something about that. So yes, I think you can learn discipline and I think it's something that is easier than a lot of people think. It just takes consistency. So what are, like, let's dig in there. What are some of the things, you know... I love the story about Nicki Minaj. Um, If I was in a similar place where I kind of had this realization that, you know, the thing that was between me and my Mm -hmm. goals was my habits and my lack of discipline or lack of structure. What are, where do we start if we want to start thinking about kind of putting in the place, putting in place the structure that will help us propel forward? The very first starting place is to really get clear on your intention. I think there's, there's so much power in visualization. We all hear so many people talk about visualization and the law of attraction. And I don't think people truly understand what that means. It's not just the idea of seeing yourself doing things. It's the physiological manifestation of going through that. Your your mind, your brain doesn't know the difference between a thought and reality. So if you really, truly create um, a system or a process that makes you think, makes your brain think that you are living that thing, is going to make it a little bit easier for you to buy into. And for anyone who struggles with visualization, I tell them to, if it's hard for you to think about the future, which is difficult for some people, think about what would happen worst case scenario if your life never changed, because that's a little bit easier for people to think Mm -hmm. about. You know, if you bottomed out right now, if you got to ground zero rock bottom, you did nothing to change your life and you just kept living the same life over and over and over year after year. Think about that, you know, and if that doesn't motivate you, then maybe you just got to think of something else. I don't know, but (laughs) that's, that's exactly what I tell people is to start with the visualization and start with the intention. And once you get that part, um, then you have to do the work, the assessments, think about your strengths, think, think about what you have in place in your toolkit right now. And then think about the gaps of what you're lacking and then, um, you know, work on reinforcing your, your life with the things you need in order to close those gaps. I have a, 
a running thing. I say, um, I say this all the time in my full-time job, but I, I've embodied this in my life, which is self-mastery and skill acquisition. So I don't tell people to tr- chase what they want to be or what they want to accomplish. I tell them to master themselves, master your mindset, master who you are and who you're working on. And then think about the skills that you're lacking, the things that you need to um, create or work at in order to reinforce the person you're trying to be, if that makes sense. 100%. So I feel like taking this to the idea of, you know, you work with a lot of small business or aspiring current or aspiring small business owners. Mm -hmm. How do we apply this idea of like visualization and law of attraction, um, to, you know, let's say I'm an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe it's a jewelry business or some other business like that. Like, how do I go from being in this place of, I want this business, I don't know where to start and what to do. And I feel overwhelmed to, you know, taking the steps that need to be taken. Yeah. So from a visualization standpoint, I would tell you to start with someone you're already watching because success leaves breadcrumbs. And so I would tell you, um, find mm. someone who's very transparent and real about their journeys. A lot of times people only share their journeys once they're at the end of it. And that's great that they overcame X, Y, Z obstacles, but sometimes they forget those little details that, get, that go into the day to day of doing the grind of growing your, your business or growing to get your goals, you know? So find someone mm-hmm. who, whose story you can watch and listen to so that you can, again, that physiological aspect of visualization. So you can hear it. You can get as excited as they get. You can get as sad as they get. You can get as anxious as they get. And you can normalize these feelings. And when you mm-hmm. normalize them, it's easier for you to work toward them because they, you're, again, your brain knows no difference. So if you work at that, work at the mindset aspect of it, and then from there, that's when you get really clear on what, what your next step needs to be. So think of what your goal should be for a year. Think of your goal for three years, whatever that is. Think of the big goal that you want to achieve, which is launching your business, launching your jewelry business, and then break it down quarter by quarter, reverse engineering and working backwards. What would you need to do in order to achieve one goal for this quarter and just inch yourself closer and closer. But I start with the idea of physiologically getting yourself to buy into it, because if you don't believe you're capable of doing it, it will never happen. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to the idea of confidence. I think that a lot of my listeners probably struggle with confidence and kind of feeling empowered. I know I have. What tips do you have around helping your clients and helping women particularly learn to believe that like they can do the thing they want to do? So I have a pretty uh, no fluff, straightforward answer to that question. And that is is simply, (laughs) and it's simply do the work. You have to do the things that you're scared of in order to get confidence. Confidence doesn't come from thinking more. It doesn't come from getting more information. Confidence comes because you actually did the things that scared you. Mm -hmm. And if you keep doing that and just don't think about where you are in that process, just keep going at it. I'll give you a great example. I love speaking and I love getting in front of a video and I do all kinds of things. I'm, I'm very type A, so I can prepare for anything, but I hate <laughs> doing live video. I just hate it because the type A personality in me yeah. doesn't, I don't get to prepare. It's just on the fly. And I don't like that. Right. I have no control over that. Um, but I know I need to do that in order to move the needle. It's a confidence issue. I struggle with it. I start to um, stutter. I start 
like this eye twitchy thing that it goes on. And then I start sweating like crazy and it's just so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. But I know that if I don't, if I don't do it, I'm not going to get a little bit closer to my goal. So one thing I do is when I do a live video, I actually turn the camera around so that I can't even see the number of people watching me or I'll cover it up with something oh. so that I'm doing it and I'm not looking at the numbers or if I post something and I think it's a great post and I, I wait for a couple of days before I actually look at the numbers or I try to, you know, I try to get myself mm-hmm. in the habit of not measuring myself against numbers. I, I, something that I've been sticking to this year is don't let numbers that aren't big enough make you think you aren't good enough. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people tend to stay there that they think because no one's responding or no one's buying or no one's interested that or no one's signing up that there's something wrong with them. It's not, you know, your purpose is, it belongs to you. You just got to figure out how to get there, but don't let those numbers make you think you need to stop. You know, you got to be convicted enough to keep going. I love that. One of the things I've had to learn is that what, what makes me get better at things is focusing on the process, not the outcome. So Mm -hmm. like you're talking about doing live video, what's going to make you good at doing live video is not doing one live video and waiting to see what people think of it and how many people joined. It's like, what makes you good at live video is doing live video. You got to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it stinks. I, I dread doing them. <laughs> I dread it. But I know, again, it's when I look at the numbers, the numbers, I have a, a trending video right now on LinkedIn right now, and it's just blowing up. I did not want to do this video, but I know that these videos do really well, you know, and um, it's just one of those things you just got to do the work. So it's a very straightforward answer I have around confidence is it doesn't come natural for most people. You're not unique if you're struggling with confidence. The difference is that the, the other people who are struggling, they're out there pushing through this in spite of their fear, in spite of their discomfort, because they they buy into their why and their purpose or their outcomes a little bit more maybe than you have at this point, because if you really truly believe that something belongs to you or that something, if you did this thing, it would change your life. Why would you not do it? You know, Mm -hmm. why would you get in your own way? If you know that that one thing that you're terrified of would truly change your life, why would you let yourself get in your own way? You know? Yeah. I feel like a lot of it has to do with this feeling that we have to wait till we feel ready versus Mm -hmm. like being willing to be uncomfortable and do something anyway. Yep. That's pretty accurate. I, I, speaking to some of the women, I've my co-working space really serve women predominantly as a HR manager. I serve women predominantly mm-hmm. and in my business, that's who I'm attracting. And a lot of them, like I said, are over 30 and a lot of them are moms. And I tell people all the time, like, think of when you had your first, your actual physical baby. Did you feel ready enough? You know, like, did you, you thought mm-hmm. you were ready and then the baby comes in, it's like nothing you've ever prepared for, but you're not (laughs) trying to undo it. You can't undo that, right? You just got to go with it and you figure it out. And we do, that's what we are equipped to do as women. That's what makes us so strong is that we just figure it out and you got to get scrappy and just go with it. And I think a lot of women, if they think about how they, especially moms, if they think of how they just adjusted to motherhood, ask for help, 
taking a break, admitting that you're not perfect and still going through it and still loving the fact that you have all these flaws and all these things and, you know, stretch marks in the whole night. You have all these war wounds from this journey, but you're still mm-hmm. pushing through it. Your business is the exact same thing. You're going to get war wounds. You're going to be stressed out and frustrated. You're going to need to take a, a step back. That doesn't mean you stop. So if you can mom hard, you can entrepreneur hard, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> you got this. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about procrastination, which is something I've heard you talk about on your podcast. Um, Why do we procrastinate when we know it is not, you know, getting us any closer to our goals? And how can we, how can we stop? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, you know, you can have a conversation with maybe one out of every three people. and, And I think you'll get the same answer that a lot of times people procrastinate or put off doing things either because they don't believe in it enough or themselves enough, like some type of self-esteem or self-confidence issue, or they're just overwhelmed. The process alone is overwhelming. They don't have the clarity in the process or they don't know what the, the very next step should be. Maybe they know what, you know, C, D, E, F, G should be, but they don't know what B is yet, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons they're not taking the next step is because of that. But what's funny to me is that I think, confidence and courage are going to come from taking actions. If you're procrastinating and avoiding doing the things that you know you should do and they're hard, the idea that you're going to just generate confidence out of nowhere Mm -hmm. to do it is, you know, that's a tough one. I think there are some people who can, (laughs) but that's, that's a really tough situation to put yourself in. But I think it's one of those two reasons. I think it's either you just don't, there's some esteem issues there, some mindset issues, or maybe you just don't really believe in the, the goal there enough. Yeah. So I know a big, um, component of your program, your group program is accountability. Mm-hmm. Why is accountability important when it comes to building businesses? Like, I mean, by the way, I'm totally on board with this, but you know, we start businesses and usually at first we work for ourselves. There are no yeah. other people involved. We don't have a boss. Like why is accountability such a core component of your work? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's really because it's, I think anything you do, it's just going to be easier for you to do it. If you know, someone is watching you. I think a lot about, um, being an athlete, being a, a collegiate athlete. And I always, my coach used to always get on my butt about the fact that I always performed so much better at my track meets when people, when I had an audience, Whereas Mm -hmm. in practice, you know, I was maybe 80% effort, maybe 70%, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was always better when people were there, when my family was there, when they were, when I had, when I had a physical, um, it felt physical, the, Mm -hmm. the reason that I was doing something or the reason I was working so hard. So I think the, um, accountability, having someone, a business bestie, having someone who understands your struggles because you're going to have major peaks, but boy, those pits, you know, like. They are real. And you have to have someone who can remind you of why you're doing this and and why you can't give up. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that we could find an accountability partner? You said Mm -hmm. business bestie, like how what are some ideas you have for 
getting accountability into our business? Yeah. So I, a couple of ways I've done it when I've, um, so I live in Charleston, South Carolina. And when I first moved out here, I started going to different networking events and finding, I didn't know a soul when I moved out here, but I started finding different um, business coaches who put on different networking events. And I went to a few of them, participated in their programs, went to some of their accountability groups, but it didn't mesh with me. It didn't vibe with me from a, um, from a culture standpoint, from just different places in life. A lot of them who were starting their businesses, they, they had, um, husbands who worked with salaries that it didn't matter if their businesses failed or not, they could still stay at home, you know? And now I'm like, that's not, that's not my struggle at all, you know? So I have to actually make money. So I just couldn't identify with their stories. So I started locally and and that's the very first thing I did. I would say is go through the networking events in your local area. If there's someone who um, you don't find locally, maybe find someone online. I have so many virtual business besties. I've never met them in my life before. (laughs) They, they root so hard for me and we have Instagram conversations or we're supporting one another or you know, they're, they're just like, girl, I see you. You know, when I'm having these days, I'm like, ah, oh, nothing's working out or I don't, I'm going to change my mind or I just changed my website all over in my strategy. And they're like, it's okay. Just reminding you it's okay. You know, so you can find them virtually, or if you can't find them virtually, I would tell you find these mental mentors. And that's in the form of a book, find someone who you latch onto. Um, for me, that's Nicole Walters. I went through her program as well. Find someone who shows up for themselves being time and, and kind of allow them to hold you accountable because you see them holding themselves accountable and, and just go with that rhythm, you know? So I think there are a couple of ways for you to explore that and, and with, in order to avoid the excuse of having accountability, because it's, it's really important to have support when you need it. Love that. And I totally agree. I feel like in my business for probably the first year, I was really trying to go at it by myself. And after about a year, I was just completely out of motivation and mm-hmm. I joined some Facebook groups and I ended up going to a business retreat with people I'd never met before. And I would say from that point forward, like my motivation skyrocketed because I knew other people who had a similar type of job and yeah, just kind of like feeling like you're in it with someone else. Like I didn't mm-hmm. realize how missing that was for me. Yeah. You need to, because like I said, you can find people who have gone through the process and gone through the journey and, you know, latch on to them, but they forget about the day to day sometimes of launching a business and how that feels as an entrepreneur, because they're, they still have their struggles, but they're different set of struggles. There are different phases in their businesses. So you really have to find someone who understands what that looks like. When I launched my brick and mortar business, that was the hardest thing for me to find support with because so many people are doing virtual businesses and online businesses. I could not find someone to help me um, walk through the day to day mentally of negotiating my leases and negotiating rates and creating the systems and doing all the things that are required for a brick and mortar business. Um, I couldn't find anyone who'd gone through that process, you know, and and remembered it at least. They maybe went through it over five years ago. And I feel like that would have been, had I had that in place, it could have been more successful than it was. It wasn't, it wasn't a failure, but I think it could have been more successful because I was just mentally struggling so much. Yeah. 100%. One thing that you talk about is the idea of motivation. Mm Mm-hmm. 
let's say you've been in your business for a while, you're just kind of chugging along, there's nothing that new, like you're just kind of going through the motions. And I don't know, you don't have like that spark. Do you have any tips for helping to find that motivation again when you you kind of lost it? Yeah, I would think I would say if you've been in in business for a while and you're struggling with motivation, I would get back to why you started. So if that's to serve your core audience, then I would start having conversations with them more. I would think about where you started so you can remember where you've gotten to at this point. But just remember why you're doing this and get in front of that. Try to figure out how to minimize the obstacles between you and why you set out on this journey to begin with. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what are some of your favorite productivity hacks? I've mm. seen you talk about the Pomodoro method, which I also yeah. love. You want to start there and maybe explain what the Pomodoro method is for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah. So the Pomodoro method is essentially this idea of um, working in sprints, which is basically taking, if you can think of um, taking 25 minutes, 20 minutes increments of work, and then five minutes to take a break, a mental break, and then going back to work. And you're working in these like start stop intervals for whatever period of time you want. But that, that initial cycle is generally 20 to 25 minutes. And it's really to help you to curve, um, any type of mental exhaustion to help you to know that you have, for some people, you have this goal or this deadline, this window of time that you have to complete your tasks. So it helps you to stay more focused, but it's, it's a highly uh, successful tool to utilize when it comes to setting a goal or just getting through your day to day. Um, but another productivity thing for me, uh, so I would say the thing that I use the most is really just figuring out how to optimize my time. And I, I mean it in the sense of if I'm doing one thing that doesn't require, let's say, um, I'll give you an example. So we're recording this podcast and there are periods where um, when we were at the beginning of the conversation and we're just going through the motion and I'm sitting here like responding to Instagram messages and all the <laughs> things I wouldn't do, right? Like I'm optimizing down my downtime. If I'm at the doctor's office and I know that there's one or two phone calls I need to make, I think about that. Then, um, more than anything, I just think of, I think of the fact that I, I'm a mom of three, I have a career and I have a business and I have a very small window of time. So when I'm doing something, it's so much easier for me to do one or two more things versus trying to create momentum to do something another time when I'm not doing anything at all, if that makes sense. Right. Like finding the margins to kind of cram stuff into. Mm-hmm, I do. I, I love those little five minutes here, 10 minutes there. And I just think of my tasks and try to assign times to them and think of if, okay, I have this 30, like if I'm in traffic and I know I'm going to sit in traffic for 30 minutes, what can I do in that 30 minute time? time? You know, if I know that I'm at lunch and I'm waiting on someone and she's 15 minutes behind, what can I do in 15 minutes? You know, I just think in, in, in terms of intervals, um, when it comes to tasks and what can I take care of really quickly? Mm-hmm. Wow. You must get so much done. <laughs> I do. I think I do. I was looking at my, um, so I don't say my to-do list. I say my to-done list, but I was looking at my to-done list today <laughs> <laughs> and I was pretty proud of it, but it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't, it's, it's not a struggle. It's just, it's habits, you know, it's, it's creating muscle memory with prompts, you know? So if I'm, Again, if I'm going to drink a cup of coffee, my prompt for goal, writing my goals or tasks for the day is drinking coffee. It's something I do together all of the time, you know? So it just makes it easier because I just do it enough. I just try to stay as consistent and it doesn't mean I'm perfect. 
I think another part of success is recognizing that you're going to fail and plan for failure. You know, I don't chase perfectionism, perfectionism. I don't chase the idea that things are going to work out exactly how I see them. That's never the case. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, I thank God that things don't work out the way that I thought they were sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think you just have to think about this is my week. How do I expect to fail and then plan for it? You know, and I think it just makes it a little bit easier for you to get things done when you think about that way. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity. You got a new hour. What can you do with it? Yeah, I love that reframe. It's like almost at first it seems a little negative, like expect to fail. But actually, I feel like it's kind of liberating because it's like then you don't have to like throw in the towel and go into mm-hmm. some kind of It's like, no, that was going to happen. And like, I don't need to, you know, go down some bad thought hole about it. Like, I'll just move on. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. And self-sabotaging is real. You know, we struggle with that. We all struggle with that. Getting your mind in this negative self-talk because you failed the day. A part of consistency and being successful, I think a a part of personal success or professional success comes with the idea that you have to give yourself grace when grace is warranted. You know, you're not perfect and you can't pretend to be perfect. So why Put yourself or set yourself up in this situation, this mindset that you're going to be all the things to everyone all the time. That's unrealistic. It's it's just it's just a crazy way to think that you're going to achieve a goal because you're just setting yourself up for failure. It may not be failure at first, but it's going to be failure eventually, you know? Yeah. As you know, the theme of this podcast is making good. So building a strong small business and using it as a tool for good in the world. We talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but I'd love to just have you talk about, you know, the way that, you know, your mission and the work you do is is doing good in the world. Yeah. So because I believe so much in I believe so much. I'm a believer. I believe in God. I believe in the universe. I believe in the law of attraction and manifestation, too. But because I feel like my intuition is so strong. I know Mm -hmm. that one, I get confirmations. I I create good energy and I believe that that energy is reciprocated. You know, I think that as long as I'm doing the, the good in the world, I'm giving good energy and it's genuine. I'm giving good support and it's genuine. I'm doing things to speak to my strengths and things that speak to my purpose to serve someone when they're imperfect or they're not in a position to really see that they have this purpose in this world. Um, there's this feeling, I guess, it's a feeling I just can't really describe. It's like butterflies in my stomach and it's a calmness that I have. And then all of a sudden my energy goes up and I start speaking faster. And, you know, it's, it's a f- state of flow that I get into that yeah. confirms for me. And then the, the universe just starts putting little things in front of me to confirm it. And, and I'm very specific in how I ask the universe or God to show me that I am serving in my purpose. And I ask for it in very specific ways. I want it to look a certain way. And it, it always goes far beyond where I hope, but it's pretty close most of the time. So for me, the idea of doing good and serving in my purpose is 
um, really trying to remind moms, remind women, especially women over 30, that life doesn't end because you became a mom. Life doesn't end because you're married or you're over 30, despite the fact that so many people will pressure you to just settle with good enough. You know, maybe you have a, a career that you're good at. You have a salary that's good enough. It's above average, but there's something else in you that just won't sit still. And I know it, what it looks like that that inability to sit still is that you're applying to jobs like crazy or you're um, you find yourself naturally gravitating towards certain people or certain types of books or certain types of conversations fire you up. You, you see yourself going in a direction as separate from where your life is. It's just a matter of giving yourself permission to follow it. And a lot of people don't always have a lot of women don't always have someone around them to tell them to follow it. You know, they tell them to mm-hmm. stop complaining. Your life is good. Your life is better than most. You know, you have it good. You have a good, I hate that term. You have a good job. You have a good career. You have good this. Don't pursue your purpose. No. So I feel like my, my doing good is, is in that, that, um, I just meet amazing women with amazing gifts in this world. And they just need someone to tell them that it's okay to, to, to choose yourself and take a, um, a gamble on yourself. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. All right. As we start to wrap up, we have some closing questions that I asked to all the guests. Um, the first one is, what is one business you admire and why? I would have to say there's a there's a YouTuber. She's actually on my vision, my vision board for 2020. There's a YouTuber. Her name is Erin on Demand, and she's all about personal branding. Um, I think she's like the 20s, mid-20s. But she started from scratch, and she was bold enough to put herself out there about knowing what her skill set was, but not necessarily knowing how to navigate. And I admire the business she's created for herself because she she just embodied the boldness and the courage and, and just putting yourself out there and going with it. And and now her business is just thriving because she was bold enough to put herself out there. And my word or theme for 2020 is extra AF. So I'm trying to do, (laughs) (laughs) trying to do everything that's bolder and bigger than what my default setting would be. Mm, I love that. What is one book that you would recommend uh, the compound effect. I recommend it to everyone. It started me on my journey. And that's with Darren Hardy, who Darren Hardy, who is the founder of success magazine, but the compound effect is exactly what I believe in exactly what I talk about, which is incremental increases that 1% every single day to get you a little bit closer to your goal. And I think if there's one concept that is universally, can be universally applied to anything, not just entrepreneurship. It's that if it's your marriage, being a mother, um, fitness, anything like that. I think the idea of increment wealth, incremental increases is, is going to be essential to, I think, most of us. Love that. I don't know this book. I'm going to add it to my list. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, can you just, as we wrap up, tell me a little bit or tell the listeners a little bit about um, your program that you're launching right now and where people can find you online? So right now I am actually on maternity leave launching a brand new business and that business is all around goal setting and it's all around accountability. And the direction that that's going to go is going to be in the form of group uh, coaching or one-on-one coaching. That's going to allow you to dig deep with me, get high accountability, get no BS coaching, get 
someone who knows how to take a project or take a goal and, and just map it out to help you to know what your steps should be, very streamlined processes. And that's something I'm launching over the next couple of weeks, probably um, by July, August timeframe. I'll have that launch. But if you want to keep up with me, I'm, I'm very transparent and a very open book when it comes to my life. I share a lot of my own personal journey through my podcast, which is Courage Hackers. I shared on my Instagram, which is at Nisha V. Frazier. Um, and you can also join my email list um, from my website, which is even more personal and talking about the behind the scenes of launching a business, especially as a mom and trying to figure out how to navigate through all of the commitments and so prioritize yourself and your goals. I feel like you're just such a powerhouse. I'm so inspired to, you know, put into action some of the stuff you've shared on the podcast. And I know all of the listeners are going to love it. So Thank you so much for coming on and thanks for the work you do helping women and business owners to really thrive. Um, just really grateful. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Holy moly. Nisha, huge thanks to you again for being so generous with your expertise. This episode is a gem. My key takeaways from our conversation were first, the concept that success leaves breadcrumbs. Find someone who is where you want to be or close to it and is sharing their process. Use that for your visualization. Also, we can't wait to feel confident before taking action. Confidence is a direct result of taking consistent action. I love this quote from Nisha. Don't let numbers that aren't big enough make you feel that you're not good enough. Yes, yes, and yes. Finally, when you need motivation, reconnect with why you started. To learn more about Nisha, check out her podcast, her website, or any of the resources she recommended. Head over to our show notes at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 10. I know Nisha and I would both love to connect with you on Instagram. Check out Nisha V. Frazier or Making Good Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next time.